Welcome to Dinosaur George Kids. A show for anyone who loves dinosaurs. Dinosaur George has studied paleontology for over 50 years and has performed live to over 4 million students across the world. So sit back and enjoy today's show. Now, here's Dinosaur George. Well, hey there, future paleontologists. I'm Dinosaur George. Welcome to the Dinosaur George Kids podcast. As of right now, we have 240,406 downloads of this podcast. So 240,406 downloads of this podcast. Very excited about that. We are also listened to now in 123 countries around the world, and that means 7,762 cities in this beautiful world of ours has listeners in it. So thank you all so much to all of you all around the world and all of your amazing countries. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And as of this morning, we now have 475 Patreon Club members. So a very special shout out to all of my club members. Club membership starts at a dollar a month to be a Triceratops member. And then there's the Raptor Club membership, which is $5 a month. And then there's the top level, which is the Tyrannosaurus membership. And that is $10 a month. So uh, if you would uh, to join the Triceratops Club, it's a dollar a month and you get one lesson each month. So normally my lessons are $200 per lesson. And so you could technically have a membership for 200 months and it would cost you the same as if you just hired me to do one lesson. So anyway, something to think about. I hope you will consider becoming a Patreon club member. Membership is so much fun. We'd get to do so many things. Let's do a couple of shout outs before we get started. First, I want to give a special shout out to Armstrong Elementary in Saxe, Texas. Our traveling museum was at their school and had great fun. Very respectful students, very polite students. For any of you that go to that school, uh, you should be proud of yourself. You did great. And I had one of the coolest experiences a couple of weekends ago, or maybe it was last weekend. Maybe it was last Saturday. I think it was last Saturday. Um, I got to meet Fiona, Sam, Isabel, and their mom. They were from Wisconsin and they were driving all the way down to South Padre Island in Texas. That's a very long drive. And they stopped, they made it a point to stop by Trader's Village where I have a small museum and gift shop. And look, I was very fortunate I was there because I got to meet them all in person and we got to spend some time, and I got to show them around and had such a great time. Unfortunately, Fiona made the horrible mistake of thinking that I am El Stinko. Well, listen, no one knows the identity of El Stinko, and it certainly wasn't me. So, Fiona, you and Sam, I saw you laughing the entire time, Sam. So, don't stop and ever think that I am El Stinko, because I'm not. 
So glad I got a chance to meet you, and I hope you are enjoying your time down at South Padre, where I, where I hope the weather is much warmer than what you left in Wisconsin. So, for a, a brief moment, you are now official Texans. Welcome home. And then, yesterday, I had uh, so much fun. One of my club members, uh, Susie Soros, Susie Soros um, took on a challenge to read a certain number of books in a short amount of time. And if she completed that, then she was able to have her own private lesson. Well, Susie Soros did exactly what she was challenged to do. In fact, she did it in record time. So she and a group, they call themselves the Wild Warriors. They uh, care about the environment. They're, they're just wonderful young people. She invited the Wild Warriors to join. So I got to do a private lesson with Susie Soros and the Wild Warriors. And it was so much fun. And I had such a great time. And uh, I enjoyed it. And you guys are really smart, very intelligent. Um, there is one problem, though. And I don't, I don't know why they thought of this. But somehow, I think it was Susie Soros that told everybody that dinosaurs roast marshmallows on their horns. Now. I don't know where that came from. I tried. I tried to teach those kids that that was crazy, but somehow they thought that's what happened. So they think a triceratops puts a marshmallow on the end of its horns and then roasts it over a campfire. I don't know where you learned that from, but uh, hopefully Susie Soros and the Wild Warriors will one day learn that that's not the truth. All right, let me tell you guys a quick format change in this podcast. I, I hear a lot of things from people. People give me their feedback about the podcast, what they like, what they don't like. So I've changed the format up a little bit. From this point forward, here's what we're going to do. I, of course, I'm always going to start with a greeting. I'm always going to do that and give a couple of shout outs. From that, we're going into our feature creature. From there, we do the Ask Dinosaur George questions. Then we do the who would win questions. Then I'll go over to the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. And I'll end it with interviews and then, of course, a closing. Now, in the past, I would do the feature creature and then I would do the Dinosaur George Facebook group. But a lot of you who don't uh, are not part of that really were more interested in the questions and the who would wins. So I am going to do it that way from now on. I'll do an opening, do the feature creature, ask Dinosaur George questions, and then who would win questions. Then I'll go over and to mention the, uh, the, the different comments and things that you're leaving me over on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page. Then we'll end with an interview if I have one scheduled, and then I'll end with a closing. So that, my friends, is what we are going to do from this point forward. All right, um, let's see. Let's just jump right into our feature creature. It's time for our feature creature segment. If you would like to suggest a creature, go to the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com or post your suggestion on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Now, here is your feature creature.
I've had a lot of people ask me if I would do a podcast on Parasaurolophus or Parasaurolophus. And now keep in mind, everyone, everybody may pronounce a dinosaur differently. It doesn't mean you're right and they're wrong. It doesn't mean you're wrong and they are right. There are different ways to pronounce these names. I've always said Parasaurolophus. Some people say Parasaurolophus. It, it's okay. Either one is perfectly fine. This is a very recognizable dinosaur because of that big crest on the back of its head. The name Parasaurolophus means near Saurolophus. See, Saurolophus or Saurolophus is another member of what is known as the Hadrosaur family, the duckbills. Well, when they first discovered this dinosaur that they named Parasaurolophus, they thought it was very similar to the one already named Saurolophus. So, the name means near Saurolophus. It doesn't mean it was found next to it. It means that it looks like from a family tree, this dinosaur was very similar to the one named Saurolophus. So, they named it Parasaurolophus. That's how it got its name. This is a relatively big hadrosaur. It's 31 feet long. That's a little bit over 31 feet long. That's 9.5 meters long. That's big. If you want to know how big that really is, uh, ask your mom or dad to help you measure the length of whatever car they drive and then figure out how many car lengths it is. Parasaurolophus might be twice as long as your car. It may be three times as long as your car. So that's a fun way to understand the size of some of these animals. It weighs about three tons. That's about the size of a, of a normal, say, uh, say, a female Asian elephant. I think a female Asian elephant wear, weighs about three tons, I do believe. And so that's about how much it weighed, weighed which is still relatively heavy dinosaur. It's a big dinosaur. It was found in Canada, New Mexico. Utah, and possibly China. They may have found one that could be the same species living in China. It lived during the late Cretaceous between 76 to 73 million years ago. Now, I've said something in the past, and it finally, I finally realized that I was mistaken. What I said was that Parasaurolophus lived with Tyrannosaurus rex, but that's not true. Parasaurolophus apparently had already uh, become extinct when Tyrannosaurus rex was here. They both live in the late Cretaceous, but remember, the late Cretaceous is still made up of millions of years. So you can have two animals living in the late Cretaceous that never saw each other because they went extinct before the other one showed up. So I've said that in the past. I'm pretty sure I've said that in the past, that Parasaurolophus lived with Tyrannosaurus rex. And I, that, that is incorrect. To my knowledge, it's incorrect. So it lived in the late Cretaceous between 76 and 73 million years ago. This is a quadruped who could also be a biped. And what that means is it walks on four legs or two. From the shape of its body, this one, I believe, probably always walked on four legs. I think it could stand up on its back legs, but the way its body leans, I think that it would be easier for it to walk on, on four. But it is a quadruped, semi-biped, and it is indeed an herbivore. 
So what is this animal? Well, like I told you, it's a member of the hadrosaur family, the duckbills. When first discovered, a lot of scientists thought that if the beaks are flat like a duck, it must live in a wet environment, living in the water like a duck. But that's not true. The, the evidence suggests that hadrosaurs are terrestrial land-loving animals that certainly would go to find water to drink. But they didn't live in the water. They didn't spend their time in the water. These are land animals. Now, I'll bet you it could swim, though. I guarantee you it could swim. I think all hadrosaurs were probably good swimmers because if you have to migrate, which I think they did, you can't stay in one area because you'd eat all the food. So you have to keep moving so you don't eat yourself out of existence. Well, when you migrate, at some point, you have to cross water. At some point, you just, you're going to have to, you're going to come to a river, you're going to have to cross it. And I think hadrosaurs were probably pretty good swimmers. They were probably very comfortable swimming in the water. And you know, there's a lot of animals today that you look at that you don't realize are good swimmers. Cows. Do you know cows are excellent swimmers? And horses can swim? And deer? And you look at a deer and you go, well, how does that thing swim? Its legs are so skinny. How does it move? Well, it kind of does the doggy paddle. And its little hooves are turning as fast as they can. They can swim. So I believe hadrosaurs were probably good swimmers, but I do not believe that they were living their life in the water. And there's one other reason why I don't believe that. An animal that lives in the water eats, if you're a plant eater and you live in the water, you're going to eat the plants in the water. Well, most water plants are relatively soft. So you don't have to have super strong jaws and you don't have to have super strong teeth to be able to chew up soft plants. When we look at the teeth of a duckbill of any hadrosaur, those teeth are made for chewing tough, fibrous plants. Fibrous means that they're hard to tear open. Like you can pick up a blade of grass and tear it easily, but there's some uh, plants that you just can't tear because they are what is called fibrous. So I don't believe these animals live their life in the water at all, but I think they could definitely swim. So why did they have that big flat beak? Well, it's probably to help them gather a lot of food. When they open that mouth and crunch down, they grab a big mouthful of food. When you're a big dinosaur, you don't want to take little tiny bites. You want to eat a lot. So they had that flat beak, which was pretty wide. And that suggests that they are what is known as a browser, meaning that they eat a little bit of every kind of plant they find. Specialized eaters, that would be an animal like a koala, which only eats eucalyptus leaves, Specialized animals generally don't have a big, wide mouth because they're very picky at what they eat and they don't want to grab a mouthful of all kinds of stuff. They want certain foods. So these dinosaurs were browsers. Like the word browse, just so that you know, like if you go into a store and you're just looking around at different things, that is called browsing. You're looking, you're picking this, you're picking that. You know, I'm, I'm going to take this pair of socks and I'm going to take that shirt that's kind of what browsing is called. We're kind of walking around looking. Now, if you know exactly what you want, you're not a browser. You're walking in, you're picking up the thing you came to get, and you're leaving. So in most cases, your mom is a browser and your dad is a specialist. Dad is like, he walks in and says the same thing in his head over and over. I need a pair of socks. I need a pair of socks. I need a pair of socks. He walks in the store, walks right over to the shelf. I got a pair of socks. 
I got a pair of socks. And then inside of his brain, it says, I must pay for the socks. I must pay for the socks. And he goes over and he pays. And then he says, I've got to get in my car. I've got to get in my car. And then inside of his brain, he says, I'm going to put on my socks. I'm going to put on my socks. And the people back at the store are like, how come that man came in here not wearing any shoes or socks? Uh, because he's a guy and men are crazy. Whereas if your dad came into the store and said, let me see, I think I'll look over there at that sock. Oh, what's this? This is a pair of pants. I think I'll pick those. And what about some new shoes? Maybe I'll pick some. Maybe I will. Well, then he's a browser. So the moral to that story is your dad is a parasaurolophist. The end. Thank you. Thank you all. That was a great story. <laughs> so <laughs> if you want to know if your dad's a parasaurolophist, walk up and say, dad, if you needed to buy a pair of socks, would you go in and just buy socks and leave? Or would you walk around and look at everything else? And if your dad says, no, I would browse around. You'd be like, my dad's a parasaurolophist. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> so the fact that it has that big, broad mouth suggests that this dinosaur is eating just anything it could grab. And it's got hundreds of teeth, maybe even thousands of teeth. They, ha they have what is called a battery, a battery of teeth. If you ever read that, let me explain what that means. A battery, of course, is something we could put in something and it makes it run. Like a battery is, is like stores energy. That's not what we're talking about when we're talking about dinosaur jaws. You might read that Triceratops has a battery of teeth. Hadrosaurs have a battery of teeth. What that really means is a whole bunch of little teeth all compacted together, row after row, tooth after tooth, all compacted into one area so that when it chews, it has tiny teeth. But when you multiply all those teeth and you put them in a small area, it makes a big grinding surface. So they have a big grinding surface that they could chew really tough plants. Remember I talked about... Um, uh, fibrous plants versus soft. Well, the battery of teeth in the jaws of Parasaurolophus suggests that this animal could eat probably any kind of plant it wanted. So let's look at, about, let's look at the tail. Because sometimes when you look at hadrosaurs, you may not realize they have defensive weapons. Certainly their first weapon would be to run. That's the first thing they're going to do when danger approaches. They're going to run. They're not going to stay and fight. They're not made for fighting. So they're going to run. They are going to run or they're going to get on a motorcycle and ride off, or they're going to ride a skateboard. Either way, what? Wait a minute, what? What? I, I'm sorry. They would run. They would run. That's their number one defense. But if they are caught, or they are cornered, or they're challenged, they do have a weapon, and that is their tail. Their tail is a weapon. Don't mistake that tail. That's a weapon. That thing is powerful. It's a very effective way to be able to defend yourself. It could slap you and knock you down. It could, it could probably break bones with enough force. The tail is there for balance. Remember I said this dinosaur usually walks on all fours. That long tail sticking off is used to help balance the weight of its body. The front half of the body needs to kind of weigh as much as the back half. That's why dinosaurs have tails. It's a counterbalance. It's like a seesaw or teeter-totter, whatever you call it. Uh, if you ever go to a park and they have one, you know, one kid sits on one end and the other kid sits on the other, and you go back and forth, up and down, up and down, up and down. Well, that's called a seesaw or teeter-totter. 
Well, if you both weighed the same, it wouldn't go up or down. It would stay in the middle. That means you would be balanced. Well, that's what the tail does for Parasaurolophus. It helps balance it. So Parasaurolophus certainly has ways to defend itself, and that tail would have been a very good way to balance them. But when we look at Parasaurolophus, it's not the tail that's interesting. It's not their feet. It's not their teeth. It is that head, that big crest on top of its head. I want to stop for a minute, and I want to explain something because this can become confusing. What is the difference between a crest, a horn, a spike, and a frill? What do you call the things you see on these dinosaurs? Some people call it a crest. Some call it a horn. Let me explain. A crest is anything that is attached to the top of the head. So, um, Dilophosaurus has two crests because they are on top of its head. Carnotaurus, okay, let me not do Carnotaurus, crest. Crests are attached to the top of the head, and they're not used as weapons. Let me say that. So Parasaurolophus has a crest on its head. Lambiosaurus has a crest on its head. Dilophosaurus has two crests on its head. Cryolophosaurus has a crest on its head. They are not weapons. They're not made for fighting. So a crest is only attached to the skull. A crest is only attached to the skull. So then what is a horn? A horn can also be attached to the skull, but it is used as a weapon or for defense. Triceratops has three horns. You don't call those crests. Those are horns. They are used as weapons or used for defense. Uh, Carnotaurus has horns. They are used as a weapon used for defense. It's possible that Allosaurus, you might call those horns over its eyes because they may have been functional as a weapon. So I refer to them as horns. So a horn is something that's only found on the head. Next comes spikes. What's a spike? How come Triceratops, how come the pointy things on it's called a horn? Because the spike is found on other parts of the body, not the head. If it's on the head, it's a horn. If it's not used for a weapon, it's a crest. But a spike can be found on the tail of a Stegosaurus, on the shoulder of Ankylosaurus, on the top of the back of, of uh, Gastonia. Spikes are also weapons, but they're not found on the head. And then finally, what's a frill? Well, a frill is getting on a roller coaster. No, that's a thrill. I'm sorry. Forget that one. So what is a frill? A frill is always connected to the skull. You can call it a shield or you can call it a frill. The animals with frills are the ceratopsians. So triceratops has horns. And a frill. A dinosaur named Styracosaurus has horn, frill, and spikes. What? Well, 
those pointy things on the frill are not really connected to the skull. Therefore, they are called a spike. So Styracosaurus has spikes on its frill and a horn on its nose. But you don't say it's got horns on its frill because the horn has to be connected to the head. So now that you are completely confused, let me say this one more time. A crest is something on the head that's not used for a weapon. A horn is something on the head that can be used as a weapon. Spikes are pointy things that are not on the head. They are connected somewhere else on the body. And a frill or shield is found on the back of the skull. But if there's something pointy sticking to the frill, it's called a spike. Isn't that cool? So, Parasaurolophus is indeed an animal that has a crest. Now, what is that crest for? Well, it's hollow. So, scientists believe it was used to produce sound. It was used to produce sound. And this is kind of cool, by the way, this next part, because I'm going to let you hear what scientists think this dinosaur's crest sounded like. Here's how it worked. It's a tube. It's a couple of tubes. And the animal could breathe in and blow air through it, and it would make sound. Here's something you can do. Take a sheet of paper and roll it into a tube and hold it up to your mouth and blow through it. When you blow air, it doesn't make a lot of noise. Blow air through a tube. I'm going to roll up a piece of paper and I'm going to try it right now. It makes noise. Well, some scientists using computers and doing a lot of studies after measuring the crest and all that stuff, scientists think they might know how this animal sounds. So I'm going to play for you the sound of what scientists believe Parasaurolophus could make. This is going to be kind of cool, actually. Let's see if we can do it. And that, my friends, is a suggestion of what this animal may have sounded like. The crest on its head was probably used as a way to communicate. It could use it to communicate. But there's a question about that. When studying Parasaurolophus, it appears that the female's crests were smaller which means their voice would sound different than the one I just played you. And babies weren't born with it at all. So I, I think they could make sounds no matter what. But it appears like the male's crests are longer, so they could make a deeper sound. And maybe they use that as a way to attract a female or to threaten a rival. You see, the lower your voice is, the farther the sound waves travel. So if you have a high-pitched voice, it doesn't go very far. But if you have a low voice, it goes really far. So it appears 
that the males needed the ability to communicate a lower frequency so that their voice traveled farther. And then the last thing about the frill, about the, the frill, I said frill, about the crest. Some pictures show that there was a flap of skin that went from the underside of the crest down to the neck. It kind of sort of looked like a sail. Now, right now, there's no evidence that I'm aware of that supports that. I don't think, I don't think it supports it. So, it, it may have had that flap of skin, and if it did, then the skin was probably brightly colored, and it was probably used the way modern birds use color as a way to attract a mate or to maybe threaten away a rival. Let's say, for instance, it had a big flap of skin back there. Well, if it was bright, bright red when you were an adult, that would mean a young male Parasaurolophus could look over at another one and see the bright colors and it would know, hey, those colors are a warning color. That's an adult. That's a grown-up. I better steer clear of that one because I'm not as big as it is. But one day, if my flap of skin becomes bright red, they're going to start fearing me. So it's possible that they use sound as a way to communicate. They may have used color as a way to communicate. But all I can tell you about Parasaurolophus is it is an amazingly cool dinosaur. It is a member of the Hadrosaur family. Its cousins are Lambiosaurus, Corythosaurus, uh, who else? Um, Edmontosaurus, uh, you smell like a skunkosaurus. Those are all the... Re- what? You sm- oh, God. I'm so sorry. Forget that part. Let's forget that part. But they are an amazing dinosaur, and I hope you learned something new about Parasaurolophus. And if you would like a project, and you are a member of the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, which is free to everyone, your project would be to draw a Parasaurolophus and draw a male and a female. Make the male's crest larger, longer than the female's. Or... If you don't want to draw, if you have a Parasaurolophus toy, post a picture of your Parasaurolophus. And when you do, you are running around the house playing like your Parasaurolophus. Here's the sounds you need to try to make. And I hope you can make them. Let's take a break. Hey, kids. You can have a private virtual lesson with Dinosaur George. Have him speak at your birthday party or have a lesson just for you. Lessons last 45 minutes and are available to all countries and time zones. Visit our store at DinosaurGeorge.com and order your own private lesson today. All right, how about I ask or answer some of the questions you've submitted to me? Do you have any questions about dinosaurs? Just ask Dinosaur George. You can post your questions on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page or click on the Dinosaur George podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com. Questions are chosen at random and you can submit as many as you want. And now, here's Dinosaur George. 
right, I'm going to start off answering questions submitted by my Patreon Club members. Hi, Dinosaur George. My name is Jude, and I just turned 12 today and became a Plus 10 T-Rex member. Nice! Jude, welcome to the club. Plus 10 T-Rex memberships, by the way, are for anyone over the age of 10 or 10 and above. And it, it comes with the same thing that the T-Rex Club does, but it's for the older students. Says, I have a question. Would Ankylosaurus be able to knock down trees with his tail and eat the leaves? That's a very interesting question, Jude. Jude, welcome again. Thank you for being a Patreon member. Um, that's interesting. That tail might have been able to maybe knock down a little bit of brush, but the problem with with the tree is, of course, that the roots are probably deep in the ground, making it very difficult to knock a tree over. I think instead what it would do is two things, Jude. I think it focused its attention on lower plants, plants that are closer to the ground, but I think it may have also followed hadrosaurs and um, uh, sauropods. I think the hadrosaurs could stand up on their hind legs and reach higher up into the tree. So I think they might have been knocking down leaves by accident that the ankylosaurs could then reach. Or they might follow sauropods who do the same thing. Sauropods may be knocking over trees because they're way stronger than, than ankylosaurus. So... I don't think it's using its tail to try to knock down a tree, but I do think what it's doing is it is taking advantage of other dinosaurs who may knock down leaves so it could eat them. Great question. Okay, here we go. This is from Mateo. Uh, Dear Dinosaur George, have you found any fossil eggs, eggs and it's my birthday? Well, on the day that Mateo sent this, it was his birthday. And as a matter of fact, Jude had a birthday. So how about anyone that's having a birthday these last couple of weeks of January or anyone having a birthday in February, how about we get a Tyrannosaurus Rex baby to sing happy birthday to you all? Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Cha-cha-cha. All right. A little raptor ran up and said that cha-cha-cha. I hate that cha-cha-cha stuff. That drives me nuts. Stop saying cha-cha-cha. I can't stand that. Let's get back to it. I'm very sorry. Happy birthday to you. Knock it off. Get that thing out of this room. Sorry. Man. I want to eat you for dinner. I'm not going to say it again. Get that little thing out of here. And spit out your shoes. Get him out of here. I'm so sorry, everybody. This is out of control. (laughs) Mateo, I happy birthday to you. I have not found any fossilized eggs. I've never had the chance to find a fossilized egg. I wish I did. I have some in my collection, but they weren't found by me. Okay. Hi, Dinosaur George. This is Wyatt from uh, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. I love the podcast and listen to you on my way to school with my mom. Hey, that's great. That's great. And thank you, mom, for letting him listen to this uh, podcast. That's cool. My birthday is on January 23rd. Oh, that was not too long ago. And I'm turning seven. Thanks for making me laugh and help me learn more about my favorite dinosaurs. Sincerely, Wyatt. Wyatt, what a polite uh, email and a message. And thank you. And happy birthday to you, too. Uh, Gotcha. 
Are you kidding me? Sorry. So happy birthday to you, buddy. I'm glad, I'm glad that you like to listen to the podcast on the way to school. All right, here's another one. Hello, Dinosaur George. My name is Jackson, and I am eight years old. I live in Calgary, Alberta. I love your country, by the way. Uh, I love your podcast and listen to it every night. Keep up the great work, and I hope one day to see you talk in person. Hey, listen, that's really nice of you, Jackson, and I hope I get a chance to maybe come to Alberta and uh, um, uh, do a live performance up there one day to get a chance to meet you. Uh, that would be really cool, so I would love to do that. All right, this is from Asher Rep. Asherraptorsaurus Rex. What a great name. Asherraptorsaurus Rex. When you are a T-Rex me- or a club member, you get to give yourself a nickname. His is Asherraptorsaurus Rex. Six years old. What does euoplocephalus mean? And again, euoplocephalus can be pronounced euoplocephalus. It, it's, it's a preference. I think euoplocephalus means well-protected or well-armored head. I think that's what euoplocephalus means. Euoplocephalus means well-armed, armored head or well-armed head. It, it has to do with the fact that it has body armor on its skull. And I think that's where the name comes from. It has something to do with being armored and it's, it's head being protected. So good question. Thank you for writing. All right. Uh, hi, Dinosaur George. This is Susie Soros's mom. Oh, oh, this is Gemma. I think us grownups enjoy your podcast as much as the kids, so I have a question, please. Well, I'm not answering any question for no stinking grown-up. Uh, why are the grown-ups always taking over everything? Susie Soros, please tell your mom she's not allowed to ask questions. Okay, so maybe I'll answer one. Did any dinosaurs live through more than one era? Yeah. And again, these were sent to me before I did the podcast on um, uh, Iguanodon. So Susie Soros's mom now knows the answer to this question, that at least with Iguanodon, it made it from the Jurassic into the Cretaceous. But I think there were some other ones. I think a couple of them, I, I think maybe Platyosaurus made it from the Triassic into the early Jurassic, maybe. See, here, here's the problem, Gemma. Gemma. There... There is such a long time between when one era ends and another begins. Millions of years with are sort of mixed in there. And so the line that we draw that says this is the Jurassic and this is the Cretaceous, that line, that line could be represented by hundreds of thousands of years. And so it's not like on one day everything got wiped out and new life began because dinosaurs show up in the late Triassic and make it to the end of the Cretaceous. They are absolutely getting past those lines that we draw in the geological timescale. They're absolutely making it across. The problem is that we can't go someplace and find um, the late Jurassic. And then directly above it is the early Cretaceous. We don't find those. And, and you'd have to find, and you'd have to be able to say every dinosaur in the late Jurassic, no bones are found above this line. So this is what we say is the end of the Jurassic, because that's not really the proper way to do it. So I'm sure that there were some dinosaurs that definitely went into those different times. The only difference with Iguanodon is it made it over a vast amount of time. So it absolutely made it from the Jurassic into the Cretaceous. So that's, that's the answer to that. And I appreciate the fact Gemma, that you listen to the podcast and that uh, adults like it as well. I, I am so happy to see parents 
enjoying things with their kids. So thank you so much for writing there. That's the only question I'm ever going to ask for the rest of your life. You got one. There it was. <laughs> All right. This is from my little friend, True Maddie. Said, hey, DG, here's another question for you. Are there any carnivore dinosaurs that walked on four legs all the time? Nice question, True Maddie. Which, by the way, is a combination of Maddie and Truadon. That's how she got her name. True Maddie. Um, True Maddie, there are, if there is, or if there were carnivore dinosaurs that walked on four legs all the time, it would probably be Baryonyx. Suchomimus, Spinosaurus, Irritator, and Megaraptor. And there's several other members of that Spinosaurus family. Maybe they walked on all fours. But the way their body is, now the new discoveries about Spinosaurus, now there's an argument whether it walked on fours all the time. But I don't think enough evidence is out there for us to be able to answer that with certainty. So my best guess is that they probably weren't. Okay, this next one. Hi, DG. This is Geosaurus Rex from Los Angeles, and I'd like to know what a T-Rex's favorite three-course meal would be. Appetizer, main course, dessert. That's <laughs> what a great question. Okay, Geosaurus, here's what it is. Um, appetizer. It would always order chicken nuggets as its appetizer. So somebody would bring in 500 live chickens, and it would eat them and say those are nuggets. Main course. That would always be a Triceratops. That's its main food. That's what it likes the most. It orders Triceratops for the main course. Why? Because it used its horns to pick its teeth like a toothpick after the meal. That's why it liked Triceratops. And what would it have for dessert? Well, everybody knows chocolate pudding. So Tyrannosaurus Rex is going to eat chicken nuggets for an appetizer three whole triceratopses for the main course and a tiny little bowl of chocolate pudding because it's watching its weight and it doesn't want to eat too many calories. The end. <laughs> what a great question. All right. Connorsaurus says, Connorsaurus says, why did Acrocanthosaurus have spikes on its back? Okay. Connorsaurus. Now it does have raised pieces of its backbone that gave it a small frill or I'm not a uh, uh, not for sale. I'm sorry. And I didn't cover. What's the difference. Do you, do you call what's on the back of a Spinosaurus, a spike, a frill? That's a, that's a sale. So it had a small sale, but if you're talking about, if you've ever seen pictures of it, where sometimes the artist draws little spiky things on the back, that's just the artist adding those things. It doesn't mean there's any evidence that I'm aware of that supports that. So that's just the artist adding it to make it look a little more interesting, but it really doesn't have spikes necessarily. It did have raised vertebra on its back that gave it a small sail, but it didn't actually have those spikes to my knowledge. All right. And then finally, Indominus Eli asks if Brigmophysetter is a shark or a whale. Brigmophysetter is indeed a whale. It is a carnivorous whale. It eats meat. It probably lived its life sort of like a shark hunting for sea life and eating it. So, good question, Indominus Eli. That's very good. So, Brigmophysetter is indeed a whale. Uh, now, let me jump over and answer some of the questions that were submitted through the Dinosaur George page. This comes from uh, Kashav, age seven, from Texas. 
Were there any giant lizards when dinosaurs lived or in the Ice Age? Thank you. There were no giant lizards that I'm aware of with dinosaurs. Uh, There were certainly lizards, but I can't think of a giant lizard. And the reason why is because I don't think a giant lizard would stand a, a whole lot of chance of surviving. The reason why giant crocodiles were able to survive with the dinosaurs is that they could flee into the water when a larger meat eater comes along. So giant lizards would have to be aquatic. They'd have to be able to get into the water. Now, some people argue that um, mosasaurs are giant lizards, but when I spoke to an expert on mosasaurs, he told me that mosasaurs are more closely related to snakes. So I don't think we can count mosasaurs as being among the giant lizards. There were giant reptiles living with the dinosaurs, but they are aquatic. They can escape the madness of the big carnivores on land. As for the Ice Age, I'm not aware of them as well. Now, the Ice Age doesn't mean the whole world was frozen. And I'm trying to think of Megalania. Megalania was a giant monitor lizard. I can't remember when Megalania. I think Megalania may have been from the Pleistocene or Pliocene. Yeah, Pleistocene. Ah, so there was a giant lizard during the Ice Age, and that was Megalania. So that is indeed one that that um, existed. Okay, this comes from Bailey, who's nine years old and also lives in Texas. Uh, Bailey says, what's the most popular dinosaur beside T-Rex? What a great question. I think the popularity would be a, a tie between uh, uh, Triceratops, Stegosaurus, Spinosaurus, and Velociraptor. One of those four is probably, or maybe Brachiosaurus, one of those five would be there it's just there's no way to know for certain what the popularity is um but tyrannosaurus is it's the most recognized uh, name in science by the way scientific name tyrannosaurus rex is more recognizable than homo sapien which is the latin word for humans more people know what tyrannosaurus rex is than what they they know what a homo sapien is so t-rex is absolutely the most popular but i believe bailey that after that, it would be one of those five. Okay, let's see. Um, this is from uh, from Alessandra. <laughs> I was at Alessandra's school at, at Armstrong Elementary. <laughs> and Alessandra's saying, hey, you said one of the rules was no one was allowed to wear glasses, but you were wearing glasses. Uh, I'm exempt from all the rules, by the way. <laughs> Okay, uh, Charlie Don, age five, from Long Island, New York, says, could a velociraptor rip open an egg with its toe claw? Yes. Yes, it could. It absolutely could. It may have used that claw to poke a hole in the egg and then use its hands to pull it open and eat what's inside. Absolutely. Absolutely right. Okay, let's see. What else have we got here real quick? Um, 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 um. Let's go... Um, uh, this is from Zachary, who's 10 years old and lives in Phoenix. What was the first dinosaur discovered? Thanks for the podcast. I love it. Hey, thank you, Zachary. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you very much. And I love Phoenix. I lived in Scottsdale for one year. So what was the first dinosaur discovered? Megalosaurus is the first recorded dinosaur ever discovered. Uh, certainly Native American Indians and, and earlier humans were finding the bones. They probably didn't know what they were. But the first scientifically recorded one is Megalosaurus. So Megalosaurus would be the first. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, uh, I'm choking a little bit. 
Okay, this is from Charlie Age Six from Norwich, England. Hello, Dinosaur George. I've got a who would win for you. Um, uh, Dacosaurus versus Saltwater Cry. Hey, I'll try to add this into the who would wins in a minute. I'll try to add this, Charlie. If I forget, thank you so much for listening, though. I appreciate that very much. But I'll try to add that as best I can. Uh, this is from Luca, who's five years old that lives in Alexandria, Virginia. Why did the saber-toothed tiger have such long teeth? What it, what we think, Luca, is that those teeth were long so that they could go through the skin of a of its prey. So maybe they use those exceptionally long teeth as a way to get through the thick skin of the animals that lived within its environment. And that's the best guess that I have. Okay, um, let's see. This is some from Sawyer, who's eight years old, lives in Bernie, Texas. That's close to me. My name is Sawyer, and I like dinos. My birthday is June 5th. My sister, Abby, Abby's is June 2nd. Can we get a birthday shout-out? My favorite dinosaur is Ichigolastia. Okay, that's very cool. Well, it's quite a while between now and June, so how about I give you an early shout-out? Sawyer, Abby, shout-out to you! There, what do you think of that? Uh, This is from Clive, who's age 12, who lives in Iowa. What dinosaur... Did the chicken evolve from? Uh, well, chickens evolved from birds. Birds evolved from predatory dinosaurs, especially like the raptor family. So I would say that a chicken is most closely related to a velociraptor in that group other than the curved claw on its foot. But they come from the raptorial-like dinosaurs, so that's probably uh, the case. Okay, this is from Jack, who lives in Glasgow. Could dinosaurs swim? Yes, Jack. I, I addressed that earlier about Parasaurolophus. I do believe that dinosaurs indeed had the ability to swim because they all had to. I mean, that's just what they had to do. Okay, this is from uh, Ms. Heckert, who said, Hi, Dinosaur George. Charlie Adon was wondering today what kind of aquatic animals lived during the Ice Age. Thank you for all your work. We love listening and learning with you. Hey, thank you very much, Samantha. That's very kind of you. And thank you so very much for for listening, and especially thank you for uh, listening with Charlie Don. That's that's great parenting. Yeah, there was a bunch of aquatic animals living living during the Ice Age. There was uh, uh, manatees, there were whales, dolphins, seals, walruses. My brother, all of those aquatic cre- what? Okay, forget one of them. Forget one of them. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but yes, there were indeed a bunch, a bunch of those things, a bunch of them. Uh, let's take one more. This is from Landon, who's five years old, that lives in Waldwick, Waldwick, New Jersey. Landon's questions are, how sharp were Spinosaurus's claws? How sharp were Velociraptor's teeth? The answer to both of those was sharp. They were both very sharp because they were needed to be sharp to be able to grab and hold their prey. So the answer is they were very, very sharp. All right, uh, let's go into the... Who would win? What if two different prehistoric creatures fought? Who would win? T-Rex versus a giant wolf? Raptor versus Terror Bird? Spinosaurus versus Triceratops? You choose the animals, and Dinosaur George will size them up and pick a winner. Now... Get ready. It's time to find out who would win. All 
right. Now, to these are all submitted by uh, members of the Patreon Club, uh, Tyrannosaurus members of the Patreon Club. Here we go. Hello, Dinosaur George. My who would wins are Torvosaurus versus Therizinosaurus and Megalodon versus Mosasaur. This is from Silas, who goes by Velociraptor. Nice. Velociraptor. He's 10 years old. Thank you, buddy. Glad to have you as a member of the club. Uh, Torvosaurus and Therizinosaurus. This is an interesting matchup. Therizinosaurus's long arms and big claws are going to give it an advantage. Torvosaurus has some nasty teeth and is a very powerful dinosaur, but Therizinosaurus could kind of hold it back. Think about this. When you were little, did an older brother or sister put their hand on top of your head and hold you away from them? And you could be swinging your arms trying to get them, but you can't because their arms hold you away and your arms don't reach. That's kind of sort of what could happen with Therizinosaurus, only it's not going to hold it to get away. It's going to swing those claws, and those claws are going to be a signal that says, don't come any closer than this or you're going to pay the price. Carnivores are not mindless killers like you see sometimes in the movies. They don't just kill things for fun. They have to be very careful about how they hunt. A broken bone for a carnivore could potentially be a death sentence. If you break your jaw, you can't chew, you can't eat. No hospital will accept you because you don't have the proper insurance. So when a Tyrannosaurus Rex rides up to an emergency room on a motorcycle and walks in and they say, can I see your insurance? And he says, I don't have insurance They're going to say, I'm sorry, sir, you'll have to take a seat. Then later, a doctor comes in to take his blood pressure. What am I talking about? Let's get back to your question. So Therizinosaurus has those big, those big giant claws that are going to keep Torvosaurus from getting close. Therizinosaurus is not fast, but it could probably turn in a circle very quickly. And that would mean that Torvosaurus has got to come in from behind. But that's going to be hard to get around behind him because Therizinosaurus is probably able to turn its body quickly and keep those claws. I personally, uh, Velociraptor, I personally believe they would not fight because I think Therizinosaurus would hold it back. Maybe Torvosaurus says, heck with it. I'm starving. I'm going to rush in. Now, Therizinosaurus can come rushing in. And yeah, those claws could hurt. But he's going to mow that Therizinosaurus to the ground when he comes rushing in with his big body. And then the fight is all but over. But I think Torvosaurus is going to suffer some deadly wounds. And even if it wins, it's going to lose. It's a great question. Megalodon versus Mosasaurus. All right. Mosasaurs have one fatal flaw when it comes to fighting sharks. And that is Mosasaurs have to go up to the surface to breathe. They have to... They have to stop fighting to be able to go up and breathe. And when they go up to breathe, they are completely vulnerable to an attack because their weapon, which is their mouth and their teeth, are pointing up because they're going up. That means the body is left unprotected. I believe Megalodon would more than be a match for a Mosasaur. I think he would wipe them out, actually. Very good questions. All right, here's the next one. It says, hi, DG. Johnny wants to know who would win between Spinosaurus and Godzilla. Well, hey, Johnny, uh, thanks for submitting your question. Who would win, Spinosaurus or Godzilla? Well, Godzilla is enormous. But if it steps on the back of a Spinosaurus, it's like stepping on a Lego. And that means 
Godzilla would scream and jump around on one foot while holding his other foot in his hand, screaming, it hurts, it hurts, mommy, it hurts. And then a mommy Godzilla walks up and says like, well, how many times have I told you to pick up your toys? No, you left your toy Spinosaurus on the ground and you stepped on it. And now your foot is cut. Now we have to go to the doctor. So mommy loads up Godzilla into the car and they drive to the doctor's office. And when they walk in the emergency room, there's a T-Rex sitting there going, dude, if you don't have the right insurance, they're not going to take care of you. And Godzilla... What am I talking about? I'm sorry. Back to your question. Godzilla is so enormous, Johnny. Spinosaurus is not going to stand much of a chance. In fact, Godzilla is going to use the sale of the Spinosaurus like dental floss to clean after eating him. (laughs) All right. Harrison wants to know, Plesiosaurus versus Utah Raptor with scuba gear. Ah, so Utah Raptor's going underwater, huh? Utah Raptors wearing scuba gear and fighting with a plesiosaurus. Well, even though Utah Raptor has scuba gear, which helps him breathe, what he doesn't have is he doesn't have the ability to turn his body very quickly underwater because his body isn't designed to go through water. When you look at plesiosaurus, you see an animal whose body is shaped like a torpedo or like a submarine. It could be way quicker, way faster. Plesiosaurus is not necessarily meant to take on big prey, but its teeth are certainly very sharp. And I think what would happen is the plesiosaurus would grab the face mask of the Utah raptor and pull it off, which means the Utah raptor is now underwater and can't breathe. So Utah raptor is put on a helicopter and rushed to the hospital. And when it gets there, there's a Tyrannosaurus rex and Godzilla in the waiting room. And they look at the Utah raptor. They said, dude, they don't accept your... Look, I am so sorry, everybody. I'm apparently really tired, and I don't know why I keep going back to that story. But I do believe Plesiosaurus would win that particular fight. All right, this is from my assistant Noah, who said, here's who would win for you. Ceratosaurus versus an American alligator. And then he says in parentheses, I'm starting to get obsessed with prehistoric versus modern animal who would wins. I agree. I like them, Noah. I like them very much. So Ceratosaurus and the American alligator. Well, Noah, you and I have had a conversation about the possibility that Ceratosaurus was aquatic. And if that is indeed the case, then I think it holds all the advantages over the American alligator. Whereas the alligator, if if Ceratosaurus is not aquatic and it walked up to the river to drink and the American alligator could come out of the water and grab it by the leg and drag it in the water, Ceratosaurus is not really designed to defend itself in the water. But if it is aquatic, it could. But one thing's for sure. If the American alligator grabs the uh, the ceratosaurus by the leg, and if the ceratosaurus can get away, then the ceratosaurus's mom puts him on the back of her bicycle and she rides him. Okay, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it because when we get there, there's going to be a Utah Raptor, a Tyrannosaurus Rex and Godzilla in the waiting room. We're not going to play that game anymore. Stop talking about the hospital visits. That's a good one. Let's keep going. This is from my very good friend, JW. We've been friends for years. JW is a great guy. JW sends in a question. Dinocrocuda versus Macaridus. These are, these are super predators. These are mammals. Dinocrocuda is the giant hyena-like creature, and Macaridus is the big cat. Wow. You've got brute force taking on saber tooth. Macaritus, I think, is probably faster. Being a cat, it's probably more agile. 
Dino Crocuda's only weapon are its jaws and, of course, its size. But in my opinion, JW, I think Macaritis holds all the cards. Speed, agility, and weapons. Those three things would all go to Macaritis. Not only does it have those big teeth, but it's also got claws on all four legs. So in an up-close fight, Macaritis is going to be like a tornado. You're going to see claws and teeth flying in all directions. Dino Crocuda, on the other hand, if he can grab him and hold on, then he can absolutely tear apart a Macaritis. But in my opinion, I think Macaritis is going to win this particular battle. Great question. Uh, uh, a great uh, uh, who would win, JW. All right. Hugo and Ruben submitted Allosaurus versus Despletosaurus versus Gorgosaurus. Three relatively big carnivores. Of the through three, I believe Despletosaurus is the strongest. So, so strength would go to Despletosaurus. Weapons would go to Allosaurus because like Despletosaurus and Gorgo, it's got sharp teeth, but it also has big claws on his hands. So I believe that in the case of this, these three, Despletosaurus is probably going to beat Allosaurus with sheer brute strength. And then Despletosaurus, I think, could even beat Gorgosaurus, who's also a big dinosaur. But I think Despletosaurus seems to me anyway to be a carnivore that's better designed for taking on the Ceratopsians. Dinosaurs like Gorgosaurus and Albertosaurus, his contemporaries, they are hunting the duckbills. So if you are fighting the armed dinosaurs, you're a bigger brute. You're better prepared for an actual battle. Gorgosaurus and Allosaurus too, they are not fighting animals that can, that, that can run over you. Allosaurus is taking on Stegosauruses and probably Juvenile Camarasaurus and Juvenile Diplodocus and Camptosaurus. And those animals are not overly weaponized. But with Triceratops, who I do believe, or all the Ceratopsians, I do believe, who Despletosaurus probably focused more on, I think he's better suited for that. That's a very good one. All right, Sukumima, this is from Oscar. Sukumimus versus T-Rex. This is a good one. Now, Sukumimus, I believe, is probably better suited for, for water, or at least being around water. If it can lure the Tyrannosaurus Rex into the water, then I think Sukumimus is going to hold all the cards. But if that fight is taking place on land, then I don't think anything is going to take on a Tyrannosaurus Rex. I think he's just too powerful. But if Sukumimus does grab T-Rex and pulls it into the water, it's a possibility that it could drown T-Rex. And T-Rex's last words were, tell my brother in that hospital waiting room, I love him. <laughs> okay. I don't know what is going on with this hospital thing, but I'm so sorry, everybody. And here's the last one. This is from Kieran. I think it's pronounced Kieran. I don't think it's Kyron. I think it's Kieran. Um, it says, hi, Dinosaur George. It's Kieran from Australia. Hi, buddy. I love Indoraptor versus Indominus Rex. Oh, that's a good one. And by the way, he ends it with roar. That's good. That's a dinosaur roar. All right, buddy. Who would win? Indoraptor versus Indominus Rex. Indoraptor has speed. Indoraptor has weapons. Indominus Rex has sheer power. I honestly believe Indoraptor being fast would be able to get around behind Indominus Rex quickly enough to leap up and crawl up onto his back. And once it's there, Indominus cannot turn its head far enough to grab him and can't use its arms. And I do believe Indoraptor has the ability 
to inflict enough injuries to where that animal would not be able to survive. All right, I want to take a quick break. And when I come back, I'm going to jump over to the Dinosaur George Kids page. Um, so let me promote the Patreon Club. And the reason why I promote Patreon so much, and I, I, I hate to bother you guys with it, but it is the thing that covers the expense of my recording studio and editing fees and the fee to do my websites and all the other things. So I promote it just simply because. But I don't want you all to think that if you're not a club member, you don't get to be part of this. Listen, this podcast will stay free as long as I say it can. You can always join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group free. And uh, so there's something for everyone. But if you are inclined to become a Patreon club member, here is some information for you. Become a member of the Dinosaur George Patreon Club and join the fun. We offer different club levels, each with their own set of benefits. Private lessons, new discoveries, behind-the-scene access, and much more are all part of being a club member. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com and sign up today. All right. Dinosaur George Kids is a Facebook group that is made for families. It is a safe, fun environment. We don't accept any sort of bullying. We don't accept any sort of advertisements. It is made, well, we advertise us, but it's made for families and for kids. I do periodically promote my friends who have businesses through it. Uh, it's not a place where you can try to come on and sell your own stuff. I, we don't allow that. But I do try to promote what kids are doing and for people in the industry who do things for kids. So let's jump over there and see what people have posted. First of all, this is from, it uh, looks like Victor says, hi, Dinosaur George. I drew a comic about dinosaurs. I hope you enjoy it. Well, let's see. The bad luck. One day, Dinosaur George was taking a walk. A T-Rex picked him up and flung him into the museum. Okay, you rotten little kid. What are you doing having a T-Rex pick me up and fling me into a museum? What kind of a, what kind of a kid are you? Why would you draw this? I actually love this very much, by the way. But why would you draw this? Do you realize if I get picked up by a T-Rex, I'm going to have to go to the hospital? And that means when I get there, I'm going to walk in the emergency room. And they're going to be like, sir, you have to take a number. Because right now there's a Tyrannosaurus Rex, Godzilla, and a Ceratosaurus that are all in front of you. And there was another T-Rex, but it died in the water. I'm sorry, but you'll have to take a number and sit behind them. And I'm sitting there looking around going, what is going on in here? I just... I got to get away from this hospital bit. <laughs> let's keep going. All right. What do we have here? This is, um, let's see. This is Muhammad drew a dragon named flame for you. He also has two burning questions for you to answer. Hope you hear, uh, hope to hear from you on your podcast all the way from Malaysia. And then it says goodbye. El stinko. Okay. Th- what did you call me? Listen, no one knows the identity of El stinko. No one. No one knows the identity of El Stinko. I am not El Stinko. Let's listen to Muhammad's video. Of my, of my dragon. Mm, uh, also, mm, I have two questions. Uh, uh, how can I find fossils in Malaysia? And mm, I mean, where can I find fossils at Malaysia? And also, where and who is the great... And who has the greatest stink ball ever? A stinker or Argentinosaurus? Okay, those or are those are Bye. those are absolutely <laughs> great questions. <laughs> All 
Okay, for your first question, how do you find fossils? Here's what I would recommend for your dad or your mom. You, you need to see if there is a rock or fossil club somewhere in Malaysia. Those are people that join together to form a club. And those, um, that, that's where you go because they can give you some idea of where to go. So find out if there's a rock or fossil club. Ask them if they can give you a suggestion. As for uh, your questions, let me see. What were they again? Let me play this one more time. Also, um, I have two questions. Uh, uh, how can I find fossils in Malaysia? And oh, that was that's right. That was your first question. Then your next question was, who has the best stink bombs? Well, clearly, I have the greatest stink bombs because that's how I defend myself. Good questions. I love your drawing, by the way, Mohammed. Thank you so very much. All right, this comes from, ah, this comes from Gemma, who I was making fun of earlier and teasing, says, hey, Dinosaur George, I wanted to take a moment to say thank you. Uh, The group, that's the ones that I met yesterday, the Wild Warriors, uh, and your podcast are testaments to just how many children think so much of you. That's very kind of you, Gemma. That's really very kind of you. I appreciate that very much. And thank you for supporting Susie Soros and in her interest. And thank you for being such a good parent. Thank you and your husband both for being such good parents and doing things for your child to help encourage them. Thank you. That's, that's super kind of you. Thank you so very much. All right. Uh, let's see, let's go down here and see Hi, dinosaur. George Abe wanted to show, share his drawing of Titanoboa throwing him and his little sister into the air. All right. This is so cool. Abe, I love your Titanoboa and that's scary looking. That's a good one. It's nice and long, very cool. And the fact that it's throwing you and your sister up into the air, I assume it's playing. You guys are having fun with it, which is super cool. Would you like to have a pet Titanoboa? That would be the coolest thing in the world. Thank you for p- posting that picture. I love that drawing very, very much. Shout out to you. That's really cool. All right, let's see. Hi, Dinosaur George. We just started listening to your podcast and have been working our way through the catalog of episodes. Ah, you got a lot to go. Five-year-old dinosaur obsessed Karen from Coffs Harbor, Australia, wants to ask if T-Rex dinosaurs eat each other or only other dinosaurs. And also he's wondering why birds are classified as dinosaurs. What great questions. Well, first of all, shout out to all of my friends over in Australia. So that's those are very good questions. T-Rexes, there is evidence that T-Rexes ate other T-Rexes. Can you imagine being in a family where you're all sitting around and you're like, what do you guys want for lunch? Let's eat Uncle Charlie. He looks delicious. Hi, Uncle Charlie. Would you please come in the kitchen? And Uncle Charlie's like, uh, no. Because right now your children are staring at me and their mouth is watering. And I don't want to be Charlie Burgers. So, yes, Tyrannosauruses did appear that they ate each other as well as other dinosaurs. And also, why are birds classified as dinosaurs? The way scientists classify animals is a number of things. Not what we think they look like on the outside, but looking at their skeleton and comparing all of the pieces of the skeleton together. Once they compare all of the pieces, that helps them put that uh, to to put them into family groups. And because birds are so similar to meat-eating dinosaurs, they were classified as avian dinosaurs. All right. Let's see. Hey, DG, Henry Rex. Viviosaurus and Pterodactyl, uh, Peter Dactyl, think you need to borrow this book from us. It's called The Interrupting Chicken and the Elephant of Surprise. Ah, you're still laughing about the elephants. <laughs> well, thank you. Maybe I will borrow that book from you guys to add. All right. Hi, Dinosaur George. 
Luke Luan, Luke Luan, I think it's pronounced, from Alaska, set up a dinosaur attack city and wanted to show you. He said, Dinosaur George is in the car that's being eaten on City Hall. Thanks for all the fun podcasts and outreach. All right, listen, why are you putting me in a car that's being eaten? What kind of a kid are you? Don't make me drive to Alaska and teach you not to put me in anything that's being attacked. I love this, by the way. You have a really, we have a great group of dinosaurs. That was a really cool. I love this. Thank you so very much. Why you made me get eaten, I don't know, but thank you anyway. All right, what do we got here? We've got a uh, high DG. Arthur wanted to share this super awesome scene he made with you. It's a very elaborate trap on a boneyard set up by a cunning velociraptor. Ooh. By the way, in this video, uh, he's dressed as a megalodon. Thank you so much for a great podcast and for treating kids like intelligent people who actually want to learn about science. We're all big fans. That's very, very kind of you guys. Thank you so very much. Uh, yeah, one of my complaints about so much children's uh, uh, educational stuff is that I think they underestimate the intellect of our children. I think our kids are way smarter than we give them credit for. And you don't need to... You don't need to, to I, I hate to use this term, but dumb down information to children. I think, if anything, we need to increase the level that we're teaching our children. And so thank you so very much. So let's take a listen to this video that Arthur, and by the way, Arthur is wearing a whole shark costume. Let's go. Um, hi, Dinosaur George. I love, and I like your podcast. And this is my scene. And the, the raptor has set a trap. Um, and when the raptor sees all of these herbivores coming, it, they jump onto onto the herbivores and and I like your podcast. And and there's a bottle of thing and of potion and there's a mushroom with plants in and it's a bone. That's absolutely beautiful. That's very kind of you. I'm glad you like the podcast, Arthur. Shout out to you. And I love your scene. Arthur, that's really good. And I love that trap that that Velociraptor set. Super cool. Very, very glad that you were able to post that. Thank you so very much. All right, let's keep going. Uh, Noah Raptor just joined as a T-Rex member. Couldn't wait to ask you a question. Noah Raptor, welcome to the club, my friend. Let's hear what you have to say. Hi, my name is Noah Raptor, and I'm I'm so excited that I just became a T-Rex member. And my question is, uh, how short, what, how big were Baryonyx's teeth? What a great question, and welcome, my friend. Thank you for being a member. Glad to have you with us. Okay, Noah Raptor, how sharp were Baryonyx's teeth? They're actually pretty sharp but they're not made sharp for slicing meat. See, there's two ways to, to talk about dinosaur teeth. Some can be sharp and pointy on the tip and some can have a sharp edge. So dinosaurs like uh, Allosaurus and Tyrannosaurus, theirs are sharp on the edge like a knife. Some dinosaurs have pointy teeth like Spinosaurus and Baryonyx. They are sharp at the tip. So in the case of Baryonyx, those teeth are made probably for grabbing fish or maybe medium-sized dinosaurs, and they are very sharp. Thank you for posting this, Mom or Dad. Thank you for taking the time to record that, and thank you for posting, buddy. And again, 
Welcome, welcome, welcome to the group. Glad you are a T-Rex member. All right. Uh, hello, Dinosaur George. Jay Sosaurus wants to share his art with you. We are listening to your podcast from Japan, and we love it. Just want to say hi. Well, listen, you guys. Thank you all. Thank you so very much for being listeners over in Japan. And I'll tell you guys something. We're seeing more and more people from Japan listening to the podcast. Japan is actually rising up in the ranks um, of of who listens to us. Uh, like I said, we, we're in... Uh, uh, 123 countries around the world, I can look to see how many listeners are in each country. Japan is growing. So apparently people like you guys are sharing with your friends about it and that's helping us grow. So thank you so much. And I love this drawing. This is great. You've got Spinosaurus, you've got Tyrannosaurus, Stegosaurus, uh, Triceratops. This is great. Is that a volcano? I think that's even a volcano. I love your use of colors. I love the bright colors that you're using. You did a great job. Uh, Jaysosaurus, Jaysaurus, Jaysaurus, Jaysaurus. I love that name. Very good, buddy. That's excellent. And thank you for posting that. That's very cool. All right. Hi, DG. Is it true that you don't like it when patron club members clean their room? We have a five-year-old patron club member who said this. Please help us clear this up so we can figure out who needs to clean the room. Thank you in advance. Well. Well, 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 dear Miss Jessica, my house is always very clean. My room is always very clean. I always put away my toys. I always put away my books and I always eat my food for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Those are the things that I do. And so I expect my Patreon kids and my Dinosaur George kids to do the same thing I do. So, no, I've never told them I don't like it when they clean the room. I am very proud of my friends who clean their room. Now, let me say this. I love that picture you drew. But that better not be me going in the mouth of that dinosaur, because if that's me, I'm going to come to your house. I'm going to throw your toys all over the floor, and then I'm going to run away and hide. And when your mom or dad walk in, they're going to be like, I thought you were supposed to clean your room like dinosaur George. And you're like, I did. I don't know what happened. Somebody snuck in here. Wait a minute. You smell that? Smells like El Stinko was here. Hey, everybody. Okay. Forget that part. But no. I always pick up my toys. I always do my homework. I always eat my food and I do what my mom and dad tell me to do. And I expect all of my friends to do the same thing. That was a nice try though. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, Parker Soros. Parker Soros wants to share his who would win fight between T-Rex and Stegosaurus. Well, Let's get into it. This looks great. Here we go. I love the sound effects. That That was awesome. That was awesome, Parkosaurus. I love that your T-Rex attacked your poor Stegosaurus. 
You did a great job. And for anyone, these videos, you can all watch these videos anytime. I wanted to give a special shout out to my friend Martin Wilmot. Uh, Martin owns something called the Dinosaur Experience for Kids. And this is a, he's got a great company. He's in Louisiana. He's got a really good company. And he's got a video that he posted for us where he was visiting the Lafayette Science Museum. So I would recommend that you watch it. Uh, he's a very, very good friend. And I'm going to have him on my podcast one of these days. All right. Hi, Dinosaur George. JJ is six years old and lives in Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. He was wondering what kind of dinosaur this is. My guess is a gigantic. Uh, Gigantosaurus, but he disagrees with me. All right, let's take a look. Uh, let's see. Those long arms. Oh, oh, I see the claw on its foot. That is a Utah Raptor. I believe what you have is a Utah Raptor. It looks like it anyway. It, it's certainly some kind of Raptor. Maybe it's Velociraptor. I can't tell from the picture if he's got a long skinny nose, then he's Velociraptor. But if his head isn't long and skinny, then that's a Utah Raptor. But either way, that thing is absolutely cool. All right, what do we got? We have got Isaac, who's eight years old, uh, has a concern about your bathing habits and stink bomb availability. He would also like to know what an Orana sale was for. Well, let's take a look at. <laughs> let's listen to the video. You won't win against a Megalosaurus or any sea creature because if you have a bath in water. There are no stink bombs. Oh, no, my friend. Oh, no. You are so wrong. My stink is so powerful, soap and water will not remove it. I am blessed with deadly stink bombs that never go away. <laughs> All right, so Isaac, you make a very good point. If I do get in water, what happens? Uh, that's why I never get in water. I never take a bath. I've never taken a bath and okay, I'm kidding you. I'm kidding. Right now, there's a bunch of you kids going, "Hey, Dinosaur George said to do what he does, so I'm not going to take a bath." Okay, I'm teasing. I take a bath every day. So uh, that's a good point. Maybe I shouldn't fight anything in the ocean. That would be a ripoff. And as for your question, what the Oranosaurus's sale was for? Maybe it was for the same function as the sale of of a Spinosaurus. They live together, same time, same place. So the sale probably functioned, but here's the thing that's confusing. Spinosaurus's sale, I always think, was used to help it warm up when it was in the water. But Oranosaurus doesn't live in the water. Why would it need to warm up? Maybe I need to rethink what that sale is for. So right now, I cannot say with any certainty, but that's a very, very good question. All right. Uh, <laughs> this is absolutely great. Um, this is from my friend Gemma, who, who said they found some elephants <laughs> If any of you listened to the previous podcast, I kind of went off on a rant about elephants. <laughs> All right. This is from the Hawking family. Harry listened to his first episode today about Iguanodon. Loved it. There, These are his notes and also a picture of his pet modern dinosaur, a chicken. Can we have an episode on Parasaurolophus, please? Well, you want to know something, Harry? I read your comments last week, and that's why Parasaurolophus was chosen. So shout out to Harry for recommending Parasaurolophus because that was today's lesson. These are really good, by the way. You have great drawings. I like these very much. Iguanodon, you drew all the details about Iguanodon. You mentioned its tooth, its name. Very proud of you. These are great. And yes, I love your prehistoric pet. That chicken is amazing. 
Congratulations. You did a great job. And welcome to the podcast, you guys. All right. Uh, this is kind of cool. This is from these boys made a fun video about T-Rex facts for everybody to enjoy. And it's kind of cool. And I liked it. I watched it and it was really neat. Thank you guys for doing that. And that was very kind of you to post it. All right. This is from uh, my little friend, George, enjoying the Fernback Museum on Sunday afternoon. First of all, love your dinosaur shirt. Next, you're standing there petting a triceratops, I mean, a stegosaurus. That is the super coolest thing I've ever seen. I absolutely love that. That's very, very cool. All right. Early morning. Who would win? Brought to you by Elizmosaurus, six-year-old from Bend, Oregon. Let's take a listen. Yes. Who would win this early in the morning? Um, and Kylos was versus you. Disguised as a tree in a stink bomb proof suit, so you cannot stink bomb the Ankylosaurus with my dinosaur book, which is there with a giant screw who knocks you down. You rotten kid. You stinking kid. How dare you take away my only weapon? Why? Why would you take away? My stink bombs. That's the only way I can defend myself. And otherwise, an ankylosaurus is going to whack me with his tail and send me flying through the air. And that is not good. <laughs> All right. This is Little Trip sent a really cool scene with his triceratops, ankylosaurus. Uh, I see spinosaurus, parasaurolophus, triceratops, raptor, diplodocus. This is great. I love this very, very much. This is really, really cool. This is really, really cool. I like this a lot. That's very, very cool. All right, let's see. Um, hang on a second here. Um, 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 okay. All right, let's keep going. Um, Heathoraptor and Allosaurus versus, or Heathoraptor says, uh, Allosaurus versus Camerosaurus, Diplodocus, and Apatosaurus. Let's take a listen to what these are. Let me see if I can get this to come on. Hang on just a minute. Let me turn on the volume. How come my volume isn't working? Uh, hey. Uh, my volume stopped working. Oh, man. Well, Heathoraptor, I'll watch your videos. Uh, I promise I'll watch them. They look so cool. Uh, Willow just listened to the Stegosaurus episode and drew a beautiful. Wow. This is beautiful, Willow. What an amazing image you've drawn of Stegosaurus. I love its bright colors. I love the the color you use for the body. This is great, and I'm glad you listened, and I hope you enjoyed it. That's really, really good. That's really good. I'm very proud of you. Okay, what do we got here? We've got um, uh, a video. Uh, Kit loves Spinosaurus and wanted DG to know who would win out of Spinosaurus and T-Rex and Dinosaur George. Why am I in the mouth of a Spinosaurus, you stinking little kid? And what are you doing taking away my stink bombs? Okay, you rotten little children. Keep taking away my stink bombs. Why do you do this to me? Don't you know it's the only way I have to survive? Okay, this comes from the Bowers family. Dino George is El Stinko. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I am not El Stinko. Stop spreading that rumor. No one knows the identity of the superhero known as El Stinko. More powerful than Superman, Spider-Man, and Batman combined. El Stinko saves us all by battling dinosaurs around the world. 
but no one knows the identity of El Stinko. <laughs> oh, this is great. Uh, here's my little friend Isabel making math fun, playing a game that, hey, this is really cool. Dino Math Tracks, that looks really, really cool. And that's a great way to learn. I hope you guys are doing well. I miss you guys, uh, uh, Renata, you and and uh, uh, your family. I, I don't get to see you as much because I'm on the road, but I look forward to seeing you guys again. All right. Hi, Dinosaur George. Maxson was really excited to show you the T-Rex Lego set he built this morning. We love your podcast. Thank you, Mom or Dad. Thank you very, very much. That's very kind of you. And Maxson, welcome, buddy. I'm glad. Hey, I like that a lot. You did a great, that's great. That's really great. You did a really good job. No wonder you're smiling so big. I would smile too if I did something like that because that is super, absolutely cool. Let's see. Hi, Dinosaur George. Tommy just turned five and got lots of dinosaurs for his birthday. His favorite dinosaur is a triceratops. He and his little brother created a scene for you. Oh, look at the, I love this. I absolutely love, and happy birthday to you, buddy. Happy birthday to you. Uh, I hope you like the song. Get him out of here. I'm sorry. Tommy, that raptor keeps sneaking in here. Get him out of here. Cha-cha-cha. What kind of a raptor says cha-cha-cha? All right. Uh, James in North Carolina, who's five years old, do a drawing of Dinosuka sleeping while eating fish. I love that. Hey, listen, there's nothing wrong with chewing in your sleep. I do it all the time. That's why I always take a hamburger to sleep with me. Because at night I eat it. Okay, I don't do that. But this is great. James, I love it. Love North Carolina, by the way. I love it. Love your picture. Great colors. And that's super cool. They sleeping and eating. I think that is the coolest thing in the world. Uh, let's see. Hi, Dinosaur George. Lucas and Charlie recently had their first lesson with you from Luca's birthday. Ah, oh, yes, Luca. I said Lucas. Uh, uh, Lucas's birthday. Nice job, Lucas. I'm glad. We're in Chicago and went to the Field Museum. We wanted to share a picture of Sue. She is the biggest T-Rex ever found. This is great. I love this thing. Uh, Lucas, maybe um, you and Charlie might want to run, because I don't know if you know this or not, but there's a dinosaur behind you. I really enjoyed your guys' private lesson. You were so much fun. I hope you had a good time doing it, too. That is so cool. All right. There are so many other good ones that are in here. Uh, Tysonosaurus Rex sent some really cool stuff. Um, Susie source posted really, or, or somebody posted a, oh, this is from taser Raptor, uh, to little Georgie pants. Stop calling me little Georgie pants. Did a great Velociraptor and woolly mammoth. That's great. Uh, Sebastian from Toronto, Canada did a beautiful battle. I love that as well. Ari did some really big battles. This is huge. You have a lot of dinosaurs. That's absolutely cool. Uh, some pictures that the Aldano family sent when they were in the Field Museum posted some great ones. Uh, a great little book by the Ed, uh, Edwall family who posted a really cool little book about lower back pain. <laughs> My friend Michelle Ferris posted a great picture about an unstoppable T-Rex. Masonosaurus, I love your picture. Love that stuff. Elijah and Dominus Rex, glad you got to be part of our first lesson. I'm glad you enjoyed doing that too. Um, uh, thank you all so very much, all of you, for posting all these great pictures. I love everything that you guys post. I love this. Um, so much of this stuff is so great. Thank you all for sending and posting it. I hope you enjoyed that. Now let's go and let's take a listen to an uh, interview. 
I had with a member, by the way, I had to do two interviews with her because the first one got lost. So let's do an interview and then we'll wrap this one up. Would you like to be interviewed on a future podcast episode? Well, now you can. Become a Tyrannosaurus member of our Patreon club, and you might be chosen for an interview with Dinosaur George. Visit dinosaurgeorge.com to join the club. And now, let's meet a Tyrannosaurus club member. All right, this is the interview with my friend Cadence, who, by the way, we recorded an interview back in December, and we couldn't find the file. So I am p- making poor Cadence come in and do another interview, only this time she seems to have an Indominus Rex that looks like it's about to eat me. Cadence, how are you, honey? Good. It's- and this Indominus Rex is trying to eat the screen. <laughs> yeah, do me a favor. Make sure to feed that Indominus Rex before your interview. I don't want to get eaten by that thing. Don't worry, he's not going to eat you. He's just <laughs> a meal. I, I always leave him food in the car and accidentally leave him in the car, so he probably ate the whole pack. Excellent. Cadence, how old are you? Let me guess. I remember from the last time, you're 59 years old. No! You're 63 years old. No. 147. No, I'm seven years old. 700 years old. Okay, so no! you're... What? I'm seven old. Oh, you're seven years old. Why didn't you say yeah. through? I thought you, you said you were 140. No, I, you said that. Oh, okay. Well, I thought I recognized my voice. So you are seven years old, and how long have you been married? Zero years. What? Oh, you just got married? Congratulations. No. What? what? I'm still living with my mom. You, you're, you're living with your mom, and your mom yeah. won't let you get married? Did you tell her you're seven? I mean, hello, you're seven years old. <laughs> Mommy, I need to get married soon. He said so. (laughs) Did your poor mom scream and run out of the door? No. She ran out of the house screaming, my baby, my baby. No. Well. Right there taking care of Blair. (laughs) So you're seven years old. So what grade? Do you go to school or are you homeschooled? I go to school and I have my favorite teacher. Oh, who was your favorite teacher? Maybe it's tied up with my homeschool mom. Okay. So he homeschooled me for who, one. Who is your favorite teacher or your second favorite? It's Hughes. Nice. And what grade are you in now? First. Excellent. What do you like the most about school? What's the best part about school? The best part is either doing subject or best part of about going to school. Uh, either one. The best subject or the best part about going to school? My best. So my favorite subject is writing. Nice. I mean, of course, I love to write. Right. And my favorite part about going to school is seeing my friends and seeing my teachers that I get to see every day. Nice. I only see them about five a week. Right. And then I get two days off, so then it goes to the next week. I get five days, two days off. This is seven. Nice. Very good. That's right. So you are you don't go to school on the weekend, which is good. But it's nice because you get to see your friends. So that's very good, too. I'm glad to hear that. And you like writing. I'm so proud of you. Yep. Uh, are you good at re- Are you good at reading? Can you Can you spell pretty well? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to spell a word, and I want you to tell me what I said. Ready? Okay. C A T. 
cat. No, that <laughs> spells rhinoceros. I can't believe you missed that one. All right, let's try another one. D-O-G. Dog. No, that spells hippopotamus. What's wrong with you, child? <laughs> you do not know anything about spelling, child. Okay. <laughs> How do you spell deer? Deer? Uh, yeah. L-P-M-Z-Q-R-M-9 uh, P-T-L-M-O-D-W. Was that close? No. Okay, well. It's D-R-E-E-R. D-E. Wait, no. No, 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 no. See, I messed you up because I started adding numbers to my spelling. No, it's D-E-E-R. You are correct. Nicely done. That's and very I have a good. few animals I want to show you for my second one. What did you? What do you have? What is this? Ooh, that is a giant. Uh, that is a giant dragonfly called Meganura. Yep. Yeah, that's very good. I and like that. And I'm going to flip to my next one. All right. Am I being I mean, tested? I feel like I'm being tested. Yep. Very much. That yeah, is Pterodostro. What? The filter okay. eating okay. pterosaur. What is a pterosaur that that sleeps underwater? What is a pterosaur that sleeps underwater? No, on the water. On the water. What is a pterosaur that sleeps on the water? Mm. I'll give you a hint. Okay. Filter feeds. Ooh, pterodostro. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's kind of cool. I didn't know that. That's an interesting fact. And you yep. said they filter feed. What does that mean when something filter feeds? That you know? means they have these teeth, that, but they're like clickies. So they just grab a whole bunch of water, squeeze all the water out. And then there's just a bunch of food left in the bowl. Nice. That's very good. I wonder if it brushed its teeth. <laughs> the two brushes go. So that, yeah, that's a ter- that's a filter feeding pterosaur, which I think is fascinating. That's absolutely amazing yeah. to me. Especially because they're not even, I mean, they're kind of close to related to flamingos. Right, right. Right, because flamingos are also a filter feeder. Very good. So they so are, are whales? similar. Yeah, whales are filter feeders. That's right. Manta rays are filter feeders. What in the world are monsters? A manta ray is a big animal that lives in the water. It it's built. It almost looks like an airplane, but it it's like a stingray, but it's giant. Uh, when we get done with this interview, maybe you can go look up manta ray and see what it looks like. I bet when you see a picture, you'll go, "Oh, I know what that is. I've seen it before." Maybe you just don't recognize the name. No, I have never heard of anything that sounds like that. Ah, then it will be an interesting thing to look at. I think you'll enjoy reading about it since you're a good reader and you can spell. All right. So you have an Indominus Rex toy. Who is your favorite dinosaur? Don't ask me that. I have to ask you. segment where you ask everybody's questions and if you... And if you would pick me every time, every time it would be a different dinosaur. Until <laughs> I went out of dinosaurs I know of. And then I would go back to a different one and then... Wait, breathe. Okay, that is scary. That, is, that was your Indominus Rex. That thing is huge! It does three different wars. These are the other two. Oh, nice. That- but then watch his throat. Oh, it glows red. That is way more cool when you actually see it in person. It's like a bright red. Oh, wow. Have you ever done it in in the dark? Does it look cool at night? No, No, I've never done it in the dark. That'd be cool. So you have a new dinosaur you added to your collection. 
I believe it is a T Rex. What is that stuffed T Rex next to you? Who is that? You said it was Sue. Yeah. Where did you get that? I got it at the Field Museum in Chicago. Did you see Sue when you were at the Field Museum? Yeah. No she's way. Big. Yeah, I bet she is. Would you like to have her for a pet? Yeah. Are you, she's a baby. Kid, are you completely crazy? No. You Sue do not. <laughs> I have a baby Watch this. Sue, sit. Sue, lay down. Oh, you've got her trained. That is cool. And Sue can even do a back. Okay. I cannot believe a T-Rex can do a backflip, but that was a cool. It's a stuffy. I'm making it. Oh, okay. It's a stuffed. I thought it was alive. I thought that was real. Okay, good. No, good. You want to see a real live T-Rex? Sure. It's not obviously real, but it's a picture of a real one. Really? Yep. Let's oh yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, that's a that good T Rex. Actually, that roar was from me. That's cool. I like that. You have a lot of dinosaur books too. Do you like to read as well? Yep. So, Reading's pretty fun. Like if I'm like if I don't want to go to sleep and I'm trying to get tired. Right. Um at night I'll pick up a book and go, read, 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 read. <laughs> nice. I will my music turned on. Right. That's pretty cool. That is yeah. so awesome. So I want to know more about the museum you went to because it sounds like it's amazing. Um, yeah. You got to see Sue, and then yeah. did you get to I was see like, her? Where is Sue? Where is Sue? Where is Sue? Oh, mommy, go get my T-Rex book, Zoo Dinos. <laughs> so Zoo did you did you see the skull of Sue? The real skull of Sue was yeah. it? Was it there? I know how she died. How did she die? Like this? She uh, ate an infected dinosaur, ooh. and then it caused her so much pain that she couldn't eat, and then she got too hungry, and she went extinct. Wow. She's like, oh, no, my mouth hurts. That poor, I feel so sorry for Sue. What a way to go, huh? Yeah, but you, but it's actually better to get hit in the head by a meteor. Well, that's true. I would not want to get hit in the head by a meteor. I think that might actually hurt. So yeah. you say that you change your favorite dinosaurs. What about other animals that are not dinosaurs, like the mammoths and the saber tooths? Do you yeah, like some of those? Here. Yeah. And here's a fact. The, um, hang on, wait, I need to look up its name. But also, um, mammoths um, don't live in a family group. They actually live together as a sort of like a group, like girls in one, boys in the other. Ah, right. We see elephants you know do that Dino today. Dana, this, this book is from Dino Dana, so you'll, aha, here it is. Now only I can, Brontoferia. You can um, watch Dino Dana. It's on Prime. Right. And there's a bunch of different seasons about a little girl who can see dinosaurs. Oh, nice. And then there's also two boy ones called Dino Dan Trex right. Adventures and Dino Dan. Dino Dan, Dino Dan's the first one. Then comes Dino Dan Trex Adventures. It's about his little little brother. Yeah. And then comes Dino Dana, who actually got this her field guide, except hers is a screen. Oh, nice. Nice. So her episodes, but she's younger than them. They already have a job. They work at a museum. Right. Oh. I know something you would love. What? Dino Dan in the movie. Oh, nice. 
Nice. Yeah, I've never he's seen it. To watch it. Is it's it good? so cool. Except you would be crying at a time the T Rex halfway gets beat by a Spinosaurus. Oh She's no way! He can't even walk. Oh no way! But there's a good ending. But I'm not going to tell you. All right, good. Yeah, don't spoil the ending for me. I'll have to go watch it when this is done. That'll be that would be kind of cool. But you, but you have to have it. Do you have Prime Video? I do. Okay, then you have to watch it on there. Oh, neat. I'll have to do that. Now, when you were at the Field Museum, obviously you saw Sue, but what else did they have? Do you remember some of the other things they had? Yeah, um, they had a Stegosaurus. Nice. And they had, what's the dad? They had a T-Rex named Sue, which I don't think I've talked about yet. Yeah, you haven't mentioned her <laughs> at all. <laughs> <laughs> They had, uh, did they have a Triceratops? I always liked Triceratops. Yeah. And they had Jane Goodall there. Oh, nice. Nice. Jane Goodall. Since I haven't mentioned her yet, she hasn't seen the T-Rex. Nice. Now, what color is that T-Rex? Is it gray? and? Yeah, it's gray and tan and like. Oh, nice. It's always like white. Right. And then its claws are like a really dark gray, but not black. Right. And then its eyes are red around it, and then it has the black. Oh, that's cool. And then teeth are like a fuzzy. And then the inside of its mouth, it's like a red. Oh, yeah. That looks really neat. Yeah. That looks really, that's a, that, I like that one a lot. I like your Indominus, too, because it makes noise, yeah. which I think is cool. Yeah. That's very, very cool. another thing it does? So I press this button, the one on the tail to make it roll. Now I'm going to press this front one behind its neck. Right. I'm going to make sure these claws are lined up. Ready? Yep. Two, one. Oh, that's kind of cool looking. So when you play with your Indominus, do you take some other dinosaurs and put it down his throat? Um, no. But I have a, uh, those small meats, or sometimes I'll give it peas and pretend they're chicken nuggets. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I mean, actually, watch this. So I'm going to open its mouth. Right. So it has a flap at the end of it. Oh, I it's see flap- that. Yeah, I do. I see that. Oh, that's kind of cool. You're actually reaching in the mouth of an Indominus Rex. It's a toy. Uh, I think it's going to eat your hand off, child. Uh, you might want to be careful. Wait, are you p- picking his nose? Uh, you're picking the nose of an Indominus Rex. No. I have never seen no. a kid pick a dinosaur's nose before, but you no, just did it. Oh, okay. Well, it looked like you were um, picking his nose. In its mouth, you can, if something hits it hard enough, it goes, it goes like this. So I can press it. Oh, it, it sounds it like, like Yeah. Oh, that's kind of neat. Yeah. That's kind of neat. Yeah, I like that Indominus a lot. Now, did you see the movie that had Indominus Rex in it? Yes. Was it scary? No. It was scary for me. <laughs> uh, guess what? After I watched it for like two days, I have a toy. What's it called? The thing that in the movies that spits venom. Dilophosaurus. Yes, I have one of those, and in the morning, I dish, I remember coming into the living room, go, blah, blah, and mom, blah, 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 blah. That is cool. I did that. Now, any of your, do any of your friends at school like dinosaurs, too, as much yep. as you? Sophia. Yeah, Sophia's a big one. Oh. She loves them. Nice. Well, you know, yeah. Sophia, if she listens to this podcast, we'll get to hear you gave her a shout out. How cool is that? Sophia, I gave you a shout out. 
<laughs> is that Archaeopteryx? Yes. How do you know all of these? So because... I'm going to give you one that you're never going to get. All right. You'll I have, I have so many books that sometimes I can remember just by looking at them. Is that uh, Titanus Walleri? Well, this is, it just says Titanus. means uh, giant. Yeah, Titanus is its first name. Walleri is its last name. Yeah, it's Titanus. That's a Walleri. giant. Yeah, it's a giant terror bird. That's a big bird. It ain't horses. Yeah. It's not bone in half. And guess what? I have a picture in my room. So I have this book, but you take out little pictures and you color them. Right. I have one of those, and I took a pterodactyl, and I made a whole scene. And guess where it's like, and guess what the Titanic has done on top of him? Wait, the bone in half. Of course. I have two pieces of a bone on the side of it. Oh, that's crazy. So yeah. I can't stop in my room, so I can't go get it. That's okay. Yeah, Titanus is amazing. Has, um, it has um, a dinosaur eating a stegosaurus. Mom, can you give me my pop-up dinosaur book, please? Ooh, that's kind of cool. Pop-up dinosaur. Ooh, book. I love pop-up dinosaur. I can't wait until I get to the part where it eats you. Okay, <laughs> it's not supposed to eat me, kid. No, it's a book. <laughs> it's paper. And also, I have a good win for you. All right, go ahead. Dinosaur George versus Dinosaur George. How am I supposed to fight myself, child? Oh, you just take your hands and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so if I'm going to fight me, here's the fight. I walk up. I see me. I attack me. I punch myself. Then I punch the other me. Then me grabs me and bites me in the arm. And then I get bit in the arm. And then I stick my finger in my nose. And I start screaming, get your finger out of my nose. And then I do. And wait a minute. I'm fighting myself? Yeah. Okay, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard, child. <laughs> okay, ready? First page. So you have a pop-up book? But this is exactly. Oh, that's nice. That is a good pop-up book. Yeah. That's a really good one. I've seen that book before. It's very nice. I like it. Yeah. I'm going to scoot this back a little bit. Okay. Okay, so there's that. But then it also has like these flaps in it. Right. This thing. Oh, so each flap you can open and it does something else. Hey, that's pretty cool. Those are two paleontologists fighting over a bone. Right. That's from the famous Bone Wars. We did a lesson on Bone Wars. Yeah. And, oh, that's really good. This is like. Oh, yeah. That's a very good book. That has pop-ups. Hard to do for the flaps. So let's see. Let's open up page two. I've forgotten what all this is. That's neat, though. It's got stuff on every oh, page. Oh, a big ankylosaurus. That's kind of cool. Do you like ankylosaurus? Uh, yep. Whack, whack. Uh, the tail just whacked me right in the head, child. It won't just squeeze. Lovely. <laughs> yeah, I like ankylosaurus, too. I like, is that tricer- or protoceratops or triceratops? Triceratops. Triceratops. That's one of my favorites, of course. I love Can you Tracy. see this backwards? Can I do what? Can you see this backwards? Oh. This is, is the protoceratops right ah, here. Right, so the little one pops up protoceratops. What's the yes. difference between triceratops and protoceratops? Protoceratops didn't have the spikes on its wheel, and it did not have a single horn on its head. Nice. And who's bigger, triceratops or protoceratops? Triceratops is the biggest of their whole family group. You are so smart. That looks like a Brachiosaurus. Whoa. Would you like to ride on the back of a Brachiosaurus? I think that would be cool to have a pet Brachiosaurus. Boy, you'd have to feed it a lot, though, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. There wouldn't be any trees left at all. And then whenever the door was open and we had veggies, think that 
There's also a gloomy mammoth on this page. Oh, that now that's kind of cool. Oh, is that Tyrannosaurus Five, Rex? Four, three, two, one. Roar! Whoa. That guy is cool. In her book, she has a giant pop-up Tyrannosaurus. Is that Tyrannosaurus or Carnotaurus? Tyrannosaurus. Tyrannosaurus. Oh, that's cool. When you open and close the page, it looks like he's chomping. That's really a good book. That's a very, very good book. I like that one. And then is that Archaeopteryx or who is that? This is an Archaeopteryx. Nice. That's really neat. And then this, there's two volcanoes. This is one. Oh, nice. And then here's the other one. I like this one a lot because look at it. Oh, yeah. It looks like lava coming out. Yes, yeah, some of the volcanoes that erupted when the dinosaurs were alive, some of them would just have uh, like smoke coming out of them. And what? then others would have actual lava coming out of them. That's crazy. It is kind of nuts. I like warning, like, hey, get out of here. I'm about to rub. <laughs> <laughs> know, so here's another one that's your probably not going to notice what this is. Because it's because it's really hard to know. Who is that? Is that is that gigant? Hey, that's Gigantoraptor. Yep, he's our lesson. He's going to be our lesson this weekend. Really? Yeah, Gigantoraptor is our next lesson because he's so cool. cool. So if you could go back in time, which dinosaur would you want to see if you could travel back in time? I have no idea. That would be hard, wouldn't it? It'd be hard yeah. to pick one. I think I'd like to see maybe a T-Rex just to see how big they really were. Yeah. Or a Brachiosaurus. Yeah. And if you got to pose them, smash. <laughs> you would become Dinosaur George is now a pancake. <laughs> That's exactly what I'd be. Pancakeosaurus. That'd be my new name. Pancake Dinosaurosaurus. You got that right. All right. So do what? you have any questions you want to ask me? Um, yeah, I would like, um, a, um, lesson on you, Ulocephalus. Oh, that's an Ankylosaurus cousin. And Montosaurus. That's a good one. And Dracorex. And then there's one that I would really love, the Platycus, the Abelceratops, and also Crevisaurus, but mainly Compsognathus. Yeah, you know, I, I need to do a lesson on Compsognathus. Yeah, and it is, and its name is Pretty Josh. And look how pretty she is. Oh, that's nice. Whoever did that picture made it very colorful. That's very yeah. nice. Um, I don't know who it's illustrated by, but um, it says right here: J.J. Johnson, Kristen Sims, and Kareen Russell John- Johnson. You're and- a good reader. It's written in actually big words. Well, but that's still, they are very long words, and you can read them all. <laughs> I'm actually, thank you, but I'm actually reading words like because. Oh, no way. Yeah. Uh, that I'm reading halfway through a second grader level, right, Mom? Oh, wow. Well, but you didn't know how to spell rhinoceros or hippopotamus. You spelled rhinoceros, C-A-T. That does not spell rhinoceros, child. That spells... It's that spells wolf. Wolf? Oh, 
I thought cat was spelled M-E-O-W. Meow. That's how you spell meow. Oh, okay. So then dog is spelled B-A-R-K. Bark. That's bark. Okay. So isn't that how you spell dog? No. Oh, well, it has something to do with a dog. All right. I love that. That that Indominus is so cool. Yeah. It was actually in our last interview. Oh, yeah. That's right. I forgot you had Indominus there, which was cool. I can't believe I had to make you do this all over again. What a ripoff. Can't believe it. You had to spend your whole day, your whole day waiting for this. All yeah, right. It means how it's. How many direction it's in? Right. It's like this. It can bend down to pick up food. Oh, it that's be like, cool. Here's how it walks, and it can be like this. Like for this, you put a piece of food in its mouth, you lift it up, and you make more. Oh, that's cool. I've seen a lot of kids with that Indominus Rex, so I bet you a lot of the listeners know which one you're talking about. They probably recognize the sound effect. Yeah, probably. I've actually seen one on the whole class. Oh, nice. So whoever is that, shout out. Yeah, that's so cool. They actually had it with them. Oh, did they? That's kind of neat. And I love it because you can, like, pull its jaw open. Right. Pull open. And then you, like, let go and it, like, snaps its jaw. Oh, I didn't know that. Snap. Oh, that's cool. But it's just letting go of its mouth really fast. And it right. just makes it sound on its head. Sounds and like a chomp. Teeth also a really cross, like in real life, like when you get stitches, right? Which I've never gotten before in my whole life. Well, that's good. Uh, I just heard a baby Indominus Rex bark. Did you hear it? No, that's my dog Slayer. You have a baby Indominus dog? No, it's an Indominus Rex. He's going zoom zoom. Oh, okay. I totally get that. All right, little Candace. I am so I, I said Candace, Candace. I am so glad that you were able to get this, we to do this again. And I'm so sorry that the last time we weren't able to record or we weren't able to use that one. So yeah. I think the lesson, or the, a whole story. <laughs> I think the podcast that this is going to go on, the feature creature is Parasaurolophus. So that will be the dinosaur. Do you like that dinosaur? Yeah, it's really cool. Oh, oh, oh. All right, that was the greatest Parasaurolophus sound I ever made in my life. That was the coolest thing. Cadence, thank you so much, sweetie, for doing this again, and I hope you had fun a second time. <laughs> and we all learned that you are 77 years old and married. You're married and you're 77. You're married and you're... Wait. No, I'm not. You're 77. I have to take away one of the sevens. Okay, then you're 70. All right, so you're 70 years old. Oh, take away to zero. Uh, well, zero doesn't count as anything. So you're 70 years old and you're married. And... No, I'm seven. Okay. Seven fingers. Okay, then that makes more sense. All right, Cadence. Thank you. Let's hear your let's hear your Dominus roar one more time. Push that button. Oh. Okay, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. All right, sweetie. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Say hey to your mom for me, okay? Okay. Hey. Thank you. All right, my friends. That is this for episode. This episode is over. I hope you all are doing well. I hope you enjoyed today's lesson on Parasaurolophus, which is an amazing dinosaur. Thank you all for submitting those great questions and who would wins. And I love the posts that you put on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Thank you all. 
Be safe. Be kind. Clean your room. Eat your dinner. Do your homework. Don't make mom and dad chase you around to make you do these things. Paleontologists must be organized. Paleontologists must be organized. That includes cleaning up. And to all of you, may you all have stink bombs growing under your arms in case you ever go to the hospital and you see a T-Rex and Godzilla and a Ceratosaurus and a Utah Raptor and me. Take care, everybody. I'll see you all soon. to Dinosaur George Kids. Join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, become a member of our Patreon club and check out our website store for cool fossils, rocks and crystals. Visit dinosaurgeorge.com for details. Until next time, keep digging for knowledge. Yeah.